Blog Talk Radio.
Bovary Studio with the doctor, Dr. Morris, in tonight, and he will be breaking down the Word of God to you. That's why this is called Leonard's Lounge Thursday. It's our weekly Food for the Soul Bible study session where he will break down the Word of God with you. Tonight, what I want to talk about is the importance of Bible study and why we do Thursday night Bible study, Food for the Soul, so that way you guys can get the big picture about why it is so important to study the Bible. Now, you might wonder, why do we do that? Why do we study God's Word? Well, first we study to know Jesus. Now, if you read John 5, that's that's the St. John chapter 5, verses 38 through 40, what should study of God's Word always point us to? It is very important to remember that we are to study the Scriptures, to seek and know Jesus as our source of eternal life. The power of understanding what the Scriptures say is not for knowledge only, but because they testify of Jesus. The Pharisees knew about Jesus, but they missed the very point of why God gave them prophetic scripture. They were blinded by self-righteous knowledge. Remember, ethnic Bible study should always humble us and remind us of the limitless perfections of God's nature and attributes. We should never be impressed with how much we know intellectually about the Bible. We should study that way we imminently abide in our relationship with Jesus. Second, we study to prepare ourselves for discipline, making, ministry, and service. Now, if you want to know about that, read 2 Timothy 3 chapter, verses 16 and 17. What are the activities the Bible is profitable for and what is his word prepares for? Profitable means that there is a great gain on an investment. It teaches help, and it helps us to understand and brings clarity to life. It reproves, shows us how we have sinned. It corrects and points us to the truth when we are in error. It also trains us and shows us how to obey God's word in full sufficient preparedness and gets us ready for everything the Bible has commanded us to do. The Holy Spirit uses the word of God to transform us into Christ's likeness. It is really sufficient for life and for truth transference. And the last part I want to share with you guys tonight is thirdly, we do study the Bible to transform ourselves. That's from Psalms 19, 7 through 11. And Hebrews 4 and 12, what does the word of God do in us as we study and understand it? The word of God that will restore us Psalms 19 and 7, it makes us wise, gives joy to our hearts, enlightens our eyes, warns us of judgment, and promises a reward. The psalmist also notes in verses 10 through 11 that God's word is more than money and food. The writer to the Hebrews reminds us, that Hebrews 4 and 12, that God's word discerns our hearts, intentions, and motives as well. So this is why we study God's word, because it's too bad to us. We, we study so we learn about Jesus, important he is in our lives, and it teaches us, it shapes us, and it betters us and our life to keep ourselves on track. That's the way we're going to be exactly on the right track, and we're going to be ready for the destination that the Lord has for our life. This is why we study the Bible. It is important for us to research and know about Jesus and what he 
did for those back then and what he's doing for us now because he changes not. He was the same God yesterday. He's the same God today, right now, in the moment. And tomorrow, he's still going to be the same God. He's not changed anything. He always be the same. That's the only person you're going to rely on. And if you read his word and you study, it's going to tell you what you want to do. So that's the way you're going to be ready for his return. All right, you guys, that was my little um, inspiration for tonight about why we should study the importance for studying the Bible. This is Leonard's Lounge Thursday, and the doctor is in, and he's prepared something immaculate tonight. So let's get ready to study and feast on the Word of God because this is every Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time Zone until 10.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time Zone. So if you're on the Easter Coast, it's going to be 12.30 until 1.30. If you are in the Midwest, it's going to be 10.30 until 11.30. And if you are in Central Time, Mountain Time, because Midwest is Central Time, if you are Mountain Time, it's going to be from 10.30 to 11.30. And if you are in Pacific Time Zone, like Cali, or if you are in Arizona, your time zone is going to be 9.30 to 10.30 every Thursday night. Lunas Lounge Thursday is bringing you the Word of God, breaking it down so you get an understanding of what the Word is trying to speak to you. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to learn. The doctor is in, and he will teach you now. God bless everybody. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. We are so grateful tonight to be able to come to you once again. To bring you, amen, God's word. Thank God, amen, for, amen, our announcer tonight, giving you a small sermonette tonight, amen, about God's word. Study, all told Timothy, study to show thyself approved, being a workman, neither not ashamed, to rightly divide the word of truth. Tonight is Thursday night, amen, and we going to the word of God, amen, uh, and we, amen, it's food for the thought, food for your soul. The word of God is the richest food that we can have. And we're going to the book of Colossians tonight, chapter 3. Verse 8 through 14. Thank God, amen, for all of you that is tuned in and listening to the word of God. But I must say to you tonight, don't be a hearer only, but be a doer. Be a doer to the word of God as much as you be a hearer. Colossians 3, 8. Through 14 it reads, But now ye also put off all these angry, wrath, malice, blasphemy, communication out of your mouth, and line that one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. 
where there is neither Jew, uh, uh, Greek, nor Jew, circumcision, nor uncircumcision, barbarian, bound, nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Put all therefore as the elect of God, holding bowels of mercy, put on kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long suffering. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgive you, so also do you. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. Second Corinthians two seven and eleven says. So that kind of clockwise, you ought, brother, to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swatted up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that you would confirm your love towards him. For to this end also did I write that I may know the proof of you, whether ye be in obedience in all things, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgave also. For if I forgive, Anything to whom I forgive it, for your sake, forgive I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should go in advantage us, avenge us, for we are not ignorant of his device. Paul is talking to the church tonight, and he's letting us know tonight, but now you also put off these things. He's letting us know, amen, that we got to pull off the things of the flesh and put on the things of the spirit. Put off anger. If we belong to Jesus Christ, we ought not go around with angry in our heart, in our mind. Even I know Jesus said, be angry and sin not. But Paul is warning us there are the dangers in being angry. Put off wrath that destructive part about you. You always, amen, want to walk outside 
of the Spirit. Now let's see. Don't be envy. Don't be mad with people. Blaspheming. Don't talk about something that you don't know nothing about. And you cannot blaspheme against the Holy Ghost if you have never received it. Guiltiness. There's all kind of filthy communication proceeds out of the mouth of many that is confessing to be Christian. But I believe James 1 and 26 says, if there is a brother among you, and he cannot browl his tongue, his religion is in vain. So therefore, Paul is encouraging us, lie not one to another. You're grown up. You're grown peoples. He's supposed to be mature Christians. He said, don't lie one to another. You don't have to lie. No matter what you have done and how bad it may hurt, you can speak truth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Now you don't put that old man off. You are a new creature. In Christ Jesus. You don't think the same way you did when you didn't have Jesus. We're speaking about living in forgiveness. We got to live in forgiveness. If we want to grow in Jesus, as we put on the new man, we got to live forgiveness. And now put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created us. We are renewed in knowledge. Now we put on the new man. We put on the image of God in righteousness, in peace, in love, hope and joy long-suffering. We don't put on the new man. We got a different characteristic than what we had when we were in the world. We don't put on forgiveness. We have learned to love people that we thought that we couldn't love. We don't put on the new man. The writer letting us know, amen, before Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, they ate from the tree of knowledge. Knowledge is something that can make you wise. Knowledge can broad your pathway in life. But God told them in the very beginning, don't eat of the fruit of good and evil. Now, before amen, they eat of the tree that was in the midst of the garden, 
The world was peaceful. It was beautiful. In the divine estimation, everything it it was very good. Concerning about making distinguish between good and evil, it did not exist. Mankind was there to communicate with God, enjoy the blessings of life. However, when Adam and Eve swallowed the forbidden fruit, and I want to say, man, Adam and Eve is not the only somebody that swallowed the forbidden fruit. Every one of us then tasted that forbidden fruit. And it changed our mind, our nature, when we ate of the fruit that God told us not to eat of. Suddenly everything changed when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Everything changed. And in our day and time, everything still changes when we disobey God. I'm talking about a Christian those that have come into the knowledge of who he is, when we disobey God, everything in our lives, it began to change. First came sin and devastating guilt came along with sin. Followed by the grief In the agony of pain. They didn't know what that was until they disobeyed God and murder. This is the world as we know it today. We, know, we are very familiar with death and murder in our world, in our society. We don't sometimes even rest too well at night or even in the daytime because all we hear somewhere is death and murder. No longer can we say everything is very good. We can't say that today. Everything is very good. Today, we live as a world that consists of both good and evil. It is both good and evil. When the good things in life come our way, we enjoy happiness, contentment, and peace. The challenging we face is how to navigate through life when evil and its destructive force come against us. How 
can we ignore it being overcome by evil and its poison? Evil is all around us, and evil is producing its poison all around us. In our home, in our school, in our children, in our sanctuary, evil is producing poison the minds of our young people, middle-aged people. How can we avoid it? And the poison fruit of bitterness is bitterness is in the heart. A many that is say I'm saved, they got bitterness still in their heart. How do we face it, deal with it, and overcome it? That is a question, amen. Every one of us should answer, amen, in our own self. And the writer says, amen, unforgiveness hard. You got a heart within you, but it's unforgiveness. It says in Hebrew 12, 14, and 15, follow peace with all men. Learn to follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. You got to live a holy life in this evil world that we're living in right now. You must live a holy holiness without no man shall see the Lord. If you are not holy, you you are not like Jesus. And if you don't have the peace of Jesus in you, you're living a miserable life on the inside. Holding it without, which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligent, lest any man fail of the grace of God. We are under God's grace. God's grace is the one that is keeping us. Don't let us fall out from under the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness bring up and it will trouble you. If you come from under the grace of God, bitterness is going to come in your heart. You're going to find out you are not as happy Christian as you know you're supposed to be, amen, because there is something, amen, in your heart is not supposed to be there. And amen, that is a root of bitterness. And therefore, many is going to be defiled because the root of bitterness is going to spring up in their heart. That's Hebrew 12, 14, and 15. So my beloved brothers and sisters, Paul is encouraging us, amen, living in forgiveness, that the root of bitterness will not spring up in our heart. Even we got the force of hell on the outside throwing everything that it can against us. We can't allow bitterness to come in and contaminate our spirit. The writer of the book of Hebrew, amen, 
he went on to prevail believers from falling short of the grace of God. Amen. Believer, don't fall short of the grace of God. By allowing a root of bitterness to spring up. Don't fall short of the grace of God by allowing bitterness. Bitterness may be in your family. It may be against mother, maybe against father, maybe against some sister, the brother, or some cousin. It can be on your job. Bitterness. It can be right there in the church. Don't allow that to spring up in your heart. You can't get along with people. It causes bitterness in your heart. And many times you feel, and you know, amen, people don't like you. Don't let that grow in your heart. Growing the grace of God, the goodness of God. Don't let that build up in you. Bring up causing trouble. And ultimately, it will defile them. It will defile you. Your testimony will not be as sweet as it used to be. Your anointing will soon be withdrawn. You can't hear the word of God like you used to because you have a lot of bitterness. It will spring up in your heart against the grace of God. In Hebrew chapter 13 and 9 says it is good that the heart be established with grace. It's good. Let the heart be established with grace. Let it be established with the righteousness of God, the peace of God, the love of God. In other words, only the grace of God, it works in us. Only the grace of God works in us and can make our heart right. It's going to take the grace of God to work in us and to make our heart right. You can't make it right on your own. You can't make it right on your thoughts. You can't make it right on your education. Amen. It's going to take amen. As the grace of God is to make our heart right, it's going to take the grace of God to make our heart pure and undefiled. In other words, it's the goodness of God that amen lives within you. To whom does God give grace to? Who do God give grace to? He give it to the humble. God don't give his grace to everybody, but he give it to those that will humble themselves before the Almighty. Those that are not too proud. Those that don't have too much agony in their spirit that they can't ask others to forgive them. He gives grace to the humble. James 4 and 6. 1 Peter 5 and 5 will give you more information on that. Could we conclude that a mark of humility is pursuing peace with all people? 
and pursuing wholeness. We got to have a mark of peace and holiness with what, with what people, some people, some race, some nationality, some creed, nor with all people, no matter what color they are or what design, amen, is upon them, you got to have peace with everybody. It is so important, amen, John 3 and 16, when God got ready to die, he went outside of Jerusalem. He didn't want nobody to have no claim on him. This is where we got the word from. God so loved the world. He loved every race that he made. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed, believed. Do you really believe in him? There are some steps, amen, that we must take that I have learned to really say we believe. Just because you say you believe in the Lord, that is not enough. The devil believe in Jesus. The devil believe in him, but the devil fear and tremble because the devil really know who Jesus is. So just because you believe, that ain't enough steps you got to take. Pursue holiness. Does it follow that if we fail to pursue each one of these, then we limit God's work of grace within our heart? We certainly do. Certainly this is one way believers could fall short of coming up short in God's grace but not following the word of God completely. Follow peace with all men and holy without no man shall see the Lord. Don't love some men and despise others. But you follow peace with all men and show the holiness of Jesus Christ in your life unto everybody. First problem is that if we do not pursue peace and holiness, our heart will not receive the grace we need. We got to pursue, amen, peace and holiness. Jesus says, my peace, I leave with you, not as the world have, but my peace I give unto you. There is an inward quality of peace that Jesus will put in a believer. When the world is in trouble, don't know exactly what to do, but a believer can have peace on top of all kind of chaotic things that is happening in this world because Jesus will put a set of peace. They won't be going through anxiety like everybody else. They can relax because there is a peace that passes all mankind's understanding that Jesus put within the saint's life. And holiness. Our heart will not 
receive the grace as we need if we are not following these things. This omission, it leads us to the next problem. Lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Hebrew 12 and 15. Don't let no root of bitterness be in your heart. As you serve in God, don't let bitterness be in your heart. Not that you are not going to face and things that would not cause bitterness is to come in your heart, but when you feel that spirit trying to uh, get down in your spirit, you pray and rebuke that thing. Don't let bitterness come against the grace of God. The grace of God is much stronger than bitterness. The choice seems to be whether we want to be at peace with many or want to defile many. When it comes down, amen, to that, do we want to be at peace with many or do we want to defile many? It's easy to get mad. It's easy for bitterness to spring up. It's easy, amen, for to look among you sometimes, even in your church family, and you feel the cruelness and you feel the jealousy of people that may be jealous of your spirit. But don't let the root of bitterness come up in you. Keep praising God with one of the glorious hearts one of the peaceful hearts that he has given you. That Christ may dwell in your heart is my faith. Let Christ dwell in your heart by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. That's what the church needs is to be rooted and grounded in love. You got to grow deep in Jesus. You can't live on the surface of life and please Jesus. You got to wade out in the deep. Get your feet off the land and go out there, amen, where there is no bottom at so you can trust Jesus. One scripture tells us, amen, if we drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt us. That means, amen, unkind words. If people curse you out, it ain't going to hurt you. But are you too close to the land? Yes, it will hurt you. Because you're living in flesh more than you is in the spirit. But be amen, rooted. And grounded in love. There is nothing like the love of Jesus Christ. In my years and time, the Lord has proved his love to me. And still is proving his love to me. And not only me, many believers out there. The Lord has changed you and he's improved his love to you. 
because the thing that you used to do or the thing you used to would not take, you're beginning to humble yourself under the almighty hands of God, and you're taking them and you're smiling instead of saying ugly things or some nasty things about people, you smile at them. You pray and ask God to have mercy upon them. Instead of cursing them out and getting out fighting, you ask God to help them. In Ephesians 8, man, 3 and 17, Paul wrote that we should be rooted and grounded in love. It takes time to grow and to be rooted and grounded in love. Love covers a whole multitude of folks. You don't accumulate this overnight. It takes time to be rooted and grounded in love. He further stated in Colossians 2 and 7 that we should be rooted and built up in him. We got to be built up in him. Built up in who? In Jesus Christ. Rooted and built up in Jesus. And stable in faith. We can't be like a ship that's out on the sea. We can't be reeling and rocking in our faith. Our faith has got to be stable. A double-minded man, he's unstable in all his ways. But we got to be stable. No matter how the world is treating up treating us or what we have to come against, we got to stand firm in the word of God. In order to stand firm in the word of God, you got to know the word of God. Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice. But a stranger, they will not follow. I learned many people that confess in Jesus, but they don't know his voice. Paul began to go on and tell us, yea, the scripture reveals possible for a heart to contain root of bitterness, which defiles a person, and a result can also defile others. Your heart can contain a root of bitterness. And it'll defile a person, and it can defile, amen, people that you're around. When you got bitterness in your heart, you know you got something against some people. See, God knows everything. And sometimes we try to use that root of bitterness. But that's not the way to do it. Instead of using the root of bitterness, trying to get back at somebody, use the love of God. When they do you wrong, when they and when they persecute you and do all manner of things with you, don't try to do that back to them. Love them. Let love kick in. Then they can see really the light of Jesus Christ living within you. Bitterness. It produces a destructive poison. Bitterness brings on poison of your spirit. That gruesome spirit that you had was putting out fresh, healthy words, 
Now it began, amen, to put out poison. You're killing your source by having a root of bitterness. So don't let bitterness, amen, grow up in your spirit. Every good thing in a person's heart and the plant produced the fruit of trouble and defilement. The book of Revelation tells us of a great star that fell unto the waters of the earth. A great star. That was a great light represented, amen, a Christian. The fall sometime of a Christian. A great light that fell when you fall from grace. But a great light, amen, it fell, amen, fell into the waters of the earth. He said the name of the star is called Woodworm. And the third part of the water became woodworms. And many men died of the water because they were made bitter. That's Revelation 8 and 11. Webster New World Dictionary informs that woodworm is a plant with bitter oil. But it can also refer to a bitter, unpleasant, a modified expense. The test of which causes a gene and leaves an unpleasant member. You may be drinking from a woodworm. You may be going through with something that caused you to Think of an unpleasant time in your life. You don't have to drink of that woodworm. A bitterness is a spring up into your life. When you can let the love of Jesus Christ come and erase all of that bitterness. Sometimes a root of bitterness appears in a heart. But the plant has not yet sprung up or manifest itself visible. Sometimes you can feel a root of bitterness springing up in your heart. But the plant, amen, it ain't really done grown none. But you feel that bitterness. When you feel that bitterness in your heart, that's the time you cut it out. Don't let it come up and poison your heart. You take it, amen, this is, amen, the best time to pluck it up and replace it with a root of love and faith. When you find that bitterness coming, amen, in your heart, you don't have a bitter experience. It may be because you don't have, amen, a divorce. It may be because you don't lost 
your child, maybe because you've been financially broke, however what it may be, don't let that spring up in your heart as being a believer. What exactly is the root of bitterness? Why does it affect people in such injury ways? Why does it lead to hate for other people? Yes, bitterness will make you hate other people. Now, I don't have no business hating nobody if I'm claiming Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And especially after they fear me with the Holy Ghost, I shouldn't hate nobody. But there are people say God and fear them with the Holy Ghost. They didn't have the experience of speaking in other tongues have the spirit of God and gave them, and they still got bitterness in their heart. Well, they got more bitterness than they have the love of Jesus Christ. And you don't put Jesus behind. If Jesus can't be ahead, he ain't going to be nothing. So it's something wrong with that spirit if you allow bitterness, amen, is to stay in your heart. The root a bitterness is unforgiveness. That's what the root of bitterness is. It's unforgiveness. You don't want to humble yourself, and you don't want a man to say that I'm sorry. Unforgiveness. People that you know, people, a man that you love, they have a root of bitterness sometimes, Within them, they don't even want to be around you. They're too stubborn. Not that they don't know you're doing right, but they're too hard-hearted to be around you because they don't want to have unforgiveness in their heart. So they hold that malice. They hold that envy. And go on and be on the outside, and they don't really want to have real proper fellowship with you. That's what unforgiveness is. When people are not willing to forgive others, they is unknown, the unknown plan in their heart, the root that eventually will spring up as bitterness. This is why Paul wrote, let all bitterness and wrath Quit getting mad with your brothers and your sisters. And anger, quit flying off the helm. Nobody can tell you nothing. And kindness and evil speaking. Don't be speaking evil about nobody. But put away from you. Put that away from you. With all malice, in contrast, the bitterness it's ugly fruit that he advised. It's a bad thing to let ugly words come out of a saint mind. But Paul said, be ye kind one to another. Yes, I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm still in the flush. Yes, we're still in the flush. But the grace of God is greater than the flesh. 
He said, be, be ye kind one to another. Be tenderhearted. Forgive one another. That's the keynote in this chapter that we're reading. Forgive one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Ephesians 4, 31 and 33, 32. If God forgave you for all of your mistake and all of your wrong done, we should not be able to try to point a finger at nobody else. Forgive one another. Love one another. Live in peace with all men, and holding it without, no man shall see the Lord. Many people become bitter because they have never made the deliberation choice to forgive. They, 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 they live in bitterness. And that's all they know. In their little heart, in their little mind, they just bitter. They never have made the deliberate choice to say, I want to change. That's why we can see so much bitterness. Amen. In our world today, the word translated forgiveness means to send away, put it away from you. Send it away. Unfortunately, many of us prefer to tightly our grip on proceeding a knowing wrong. Many of us don't want to send it away. We like to be bitter. We like for that old ugly spirit to be shown. Instead of sending it away, we tighten our fists up on it. Hold to it. Make us think we somebody. Try to frighten people with a bitter, evil, old, nasty spirit. But love covers a multitude of faults. We may clean a fist around the desire to get harmony vendetta spirit. It makes some people feel injustified. But this feeling as not the spirit a reality. The only true justification it comes from God forgiven. That's the only true justification in life it comes from God. God has to give us the spirit of forgiveness. Paul wrote, we are justified by his blood. Romans 5 and 9, we are justified by his blood. In contrast, Jesus Christ quickly released wrong and hurt. While hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 30, 23, 34. 
He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they've done. That is a powerful words. Amen can ever be said when they done did every evil thing against you. You first crowd, forgive them. He did not, amen, wait for his execution for forgiveness. He took the initial in granting for forgiveness to his enemy. Four, amen, is execution concerning that. He said, Father, forgive them. As his fathers, we should do likewise. When you see somebody doing your own, you ought to say, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they've done. They don't know who they're fighting against. Christ explained. He pointed to the deep motivation we can have for forgiveness others. One great benefit is that forgiveness, it frees our heart from corruption and and bitterness. If we tonight don't hold grudges against nobody, it frees your heart. It frees your spirit. My beloved brothers and sisters, this message is to the church tonight. Love ye one another, as Jesus said, as I have loved you. And by all this, man shall know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to the other. I'm talking to the body of Jesus Christ tonight. Don't let bitterness ring up in your heart. Overcome the grace and the goodness and the righteousness of the Lord in you. Always let grace abound. You let grace abound in your heart, you can overcome the spirit of evil. May God richly bless you until another week. This is Dr. Moore saying God bless you. Amen until next week.